2: Oh, a book club. Computer
1: solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Christopher Nolan Retrospective. Geekverse Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Mus, and I'm joined by two special guests today. Well, not really special guests. You guys are ordinary old guests, aren't you? I'm joined by your friendly neighborhood ca- caster, Kirkland Patzer. How you doing, man? I
2: am doing great. I'm glad hey. to be here. Nice, Start nice. this awesome Nolan trilogy. Or not you got a trilogy. fresh
3: new profile picture <laughs> on your uh, Zoom yes, picture here. Yes,
2: representing yeah. the young man. Uh-huh. That's as, just, I, I didn't IMDb know that was his name him. for this yeah. movie, but yeah.
3: And we also got the play-by-play Tyler Briggs. How you doing, man?
4: I am doing very well. A
3: little that's hungry here. A little hungry. Yeah. You didn't eat before starting the podcast today.
4: No, I didn't. I was busy. Bold move. Oh,
3: well, that is that is a bold strategy for because I know you quite well, Briggs, and I know that food uh, has a pretty <laughs> profound effect on you. It does. Can it's been a while since I ate,
4: actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's well, all right. I'm that's here. okay. We'll
3: we'll make it through there this. um like I said, this first episode of the Christopher Nolan uh, retrospective, I want to take a couple minutes, um, just outside of Geek First stuff, to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the world right now. Normally, we, you know, steer clear of like political talks or things like that. But everything that's going on right now isn't isn't political, right? It's just basic human rights stuff. So, uh, I guess also disclaimer: like this episode is, you're going to be seeing this on the feeds like Wednesday or something like that. You'll be listening to this recording on Saturday, so things possibly have changed a little bit but it's unlikely that too much has really changed maybe some escalation or de-escalation but overall the same sort of thing but I just want to say that at least on my behalf and I I think I speak for most of Geekverse here or everyone here um, in saying that we definitely support Black Lives Matter this is an important movement for us we definitely stand with the protesters and even though we have our distance up here uh, in Canada it's still there's some of it is going on here but mostly it's it's these people down in the United States that are experiencing a lot of what's going on. And it's scary. From my perspective, it's scary. It's, it's, it fills me with a lot of anguish, like seeing all the protests and how the police react to it and how it's terrifying that like, these are supposed to be the people that are protecting you. And that's not the reality of what happens. And especially like in these peaceful protests, when you have police who you know people are protesting against police uh, against police brutality and racism and they're responded with police brutality and racism it's it's totally disgusting so yes it's 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 hurt me a lot this week just watching all these videos and I know that I'm in a privileged position where this isn't even something that really has much of an impact on my life in, in like a really I don't know first person sense but of course it's important to me so I, I just wanted to say that it's really important for people to vote please vote Um, I know there's so many people who don't vote because they feel like their vote doesn't matter or that they're happy with things are or the things like in their life. But the reason it's so important to vote is because if you if you really believe Black Lives Matter and this protest is meaningful for you, then you need to step up and do your part in voting. Because at least in Canada, like I, you know, the city I grew up in, predominantly white. Uh, some like a growing Indian population but for the most part very few like small black population and if you look at the numbers in Canada it's like three percent of of Canadians according to the most recent census are black and if you look at that like well what is their power of vote right like we have to stand up and do our part by throwing our vote in the in the ring there too and speaking for these communities that don't have the numbers to change things with their vote alone uh, so it is incredibly important to vote and I urge everyone to do it. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to tell you how to do that. But please look into these things and and throw your vote because it, it does matter uh, what you do with it. And, you know, there's other things we can do to support, um, support in these times, like supporting black business owners or content creators or whatever it is, educating people. That's what these protests are on a large scale, right? It's just like this giant education. And obviously donations help as well so that's what we're looking to do Geek first to make a difference uh next saturday which i should have the date on hand but i do not because june 13th yeah there you go june 13th uh we're doing a live stream starting at around 9 a.m pacific standard time going probably late into the night and all day just raising money kind of like our 24-hour streams um raising money all day all all of that money is going straight to the black lives matter movement and hopefully you'll join us for that uh if you have haven't really known where to donate don't really know how to look out for that stuff hopefully we can help come check out the stream and we'll help you out with that um but obviously i'm I'm not in the same city with the rest of the geeks so i won't be there in person but i'll be there in the chat hopefully i can be in there through a zoom call or skype call or whatever it is but kirkland and and tyler are both going to be there um and uh supporting the cause all day long it's hopefully maybe get your minds off things but i mean at the same time we don't really want our minds off things this is something that's really important and we need to be talking about it so hopefully we can help make a difference there with you know we don't have the biggest following on the internet but we have some sort of platform and hopefully we can use that for good um so i know that wasn't very eloquent it's it's kind of a hard thing to talk about for me personally but i don't do you guys have anything you, you want to add on that or you want to just go yeah
2: i know that was that was beautifully said dylan i i definitely agree with everything you said and uh, i'm excited to I mean, at least have, if it be a small platform, any platform mm-hmm. at all to you know, spread the word and yeah. uh, just go in that direction. So yeah, well, very well put. Thanks for saying that.
3: Yeah. Briggs, I, I
2: second all of that. Uh, very well said, Dylan. Um,
4: and yeah, I don't want to go ahead and repeat everything you just said. So <laughs> Very much agreed.
3: I, I spent, I, I try to think about, what I wanted to say, and it didn't it definitely didn't come out how I planned. But I don't know. I think that the the sentiment's there. Um, that's yeah, absolutely how I feel. And it is difficult to talk about, but I think that's important that we are. Yeah, the conversation's happening, and and keep in mind too that it's like not just a conversation that we're having this week. It's not just the flavor of the month thing. Like this is something that if you want change to happen, really, we need to keep this conversation going, exactly for, forever, right? It's yep. until it's yep. no longer a problem. So let's do totally. that together. But as for today. Uh, let's get into the first episode of the Christopher Nolan retrospective. This one uh, I've been excited for. We've done a few other retros in the past. We did Tarantino last year. We've done X-Men. This, yeah, all sorts of Marvel movies. We've done Spider-Man and and uh, you could even say like, I guess, Star Wars with uh, Travis and Taylor doing the Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So. We've done a lot of these in the past, but this one's interesting uh, because Christopher Nolan really doesn't have that big of a catalog when you look at it on like IMDb or whatever. It doesn't have that many movies. And some of them we've already covered, like the Dark Knight trilogy, we have uh, done retros for like a couple of years ago. Uh, you should be able to still find those if they're not on like Spotify feed anymore because they get kicked out because they're too old. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Maybe we'll post those again or something. Um, but I think the plan is to do commentary tracks for those movies since we've already in retros for them. Not sure when that's happening. I don't think I'll be uh, taking place on those so you guys can look out for that sometime in the summer. But yeah, we're going through all of Nolan's movies so starting today with Following. Uh, next is going to be Memento, after that Insomnia, and then I think it's Prestige, and then the, I guess after that would be Dark Knight Trilogy, uh, Inception, Interstellar, and then Dunkirk as well. We obviously did a review when that movie uh, released a couple years ago so we're not going to do another episode on that. But yeah, speaking of Christopher Nolan and all of his movies, do, who wants to start here? Who has, just give me like brief history of what was the first movie of his you watched? Obviously, I think we're all big fans and we all went and saw Dunkirk. We all love Inception and all these movies. But yeah, I don't know. Starting with you, Kirkland. what, what do, you, do you have like a first memory? Like, what do you know of the first movie of his that you watched? Yeah.
2: So uh, Christopher Nolan is, if you don't already know, one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, I just love his just... His style and manipulation of, like, time and just, mm-hmm. just things that he shows, like, at the start of a film, a lot of the time it foreshadows events, like, yet to come. And I just, I just love movies that are kind of mind-bending and crazy mm-hmm. plot twists in the end, which a lot of his movies have. Um, I, I think my first Christopher Nolan experience was actually The Prestige. Um, okay. Uh, It was either that or like the Batman movies. I can't quite remember which one I watched first, but I specifically remember watching The Prestige. My uncle had sat me down to watch it with him uh, when I was fairly young. And it was just such a mind-bending movie. And I like... I did not understand. I'm not gonna spoil anything about that movie because we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. But, we'll get there, yeah. Yeah, there. I just remember there being so many like unanswered questions, and I was just constantly asking him, like, like, oh, what, what happened with this character? You know, like, what did that mean when he did this? <laughs> it was just like I just did not understand it, and it just from that point on, it totally just changed my perspective on like the possibilities of what a film could be, and just like mm-hmm. just the mind twistiness. I, I just love that, and it it just. It just grew my love for him from that point on. Uh, obviously the Batman movies are just phenomenal. Dark Knight's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, Interstellar is my other, like another oh. one that's probably my favorite movie. Like nice. up there, it's just, he's got a plethora of just master tier films. Inception. I actually haven't seen too many times. I think I've only seen it once if once or twice max. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm definitely excited to just rewatch all these films again. And uh Cool. yeah just talk about this one
3: yeah Briggs, how about you
4: um i think i i think i started christopher nolan with batman for sure um but i think i acknowledged him as uh as a director probably around inception um as back when i was initially watching batman it was more like it was just the Batman movies. I didn't uh, pay a lot of attention to the directors very often. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Inception came out um, and especially, what was it? Inception and then probably Interstellar as well when I kind of really started acknowledging him as a director and mm-hmm. uh, sort of him being the mastermind behind these things. Um, but I mean, just as a whole, all of his films are just absolutely wonderful i haven't not enjoyed a single one of them um i the only one i haven't seen at this point now would be insomnia
3: yeah the one that no one's heard of or at least i haven't heard of <laughs> i was I've just looking at his, his or this one, one. no one no one's still following
4: <laughs> and insomnia is not even on his
2: yeah it's not even on imdb IMDb. (laughs) wait really all
4: right that's for
3: that's
2: for writer maybe it's under director
3: yeah it's under director
2: 2002
4: there you go still that's the only one i haven't seen from him um it's
3: like a non-linear how you've trying to piece this together and determine yeah (laughs) uh, just like many of his
4: films so yeah yeah, Yeah. it's uh fitting i would say (laughs) Uh, i was just reading his imdb as well in the description and the very first descriptor for him, is, or his films, are cerebral, and Ooh. I think that sums it up absolutely marvis- marvelously. Uh, he does; he has That's a very like a Netflix interesting genre way. I've ever heard him. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. He has a very good way of just opening your mind to these ideas and these concepts in such a abstract way, and he really. Um, he really, I don't know if threatens the right word, but it, it's uh, he kind of threatens the way that you perceive a film at face value. Yeah, You you, you have to observe his films uh, and like take a look at the whole rather than just from watching it scene by scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is really amazing in a way that it allows films to be more than just like a one time. You yeah, watch it through time. and then um and then it's like you've had the full package you have the full experience uh his films are something where in these kind of non-linear ones where when you watch the movie from the beginning again knowing everything that happens after it's a f- whole different experience than watching it from the beginning for the very first time uh which is i i appreciate a lot in movies having that sort of rewatchability, where. Um, you the your second and your third time and your fourth time is a new experience as you watch it through because there's just so much more to unpackage and your whole perception of the uh the beginning of the film is altered now because you know how Mm -hmm. it ends and it's not not just in a way that you know spoilers for how things wind up but you you because of how he um works with non-linear and how he manipulates time it has such a it's it's a different way that you you look at the start of the movie basically uh yeah. knowing how things turn out or how things are kind of revealed later in the film totally um and yeah like it's it's just such a wonderful storytelling and i love his sci-fi uh his take on sci-fi at least it's so I mean, you could say Interstellar is pretty over the top as far as sci-fi stuff goes, but it still feels so grounded and
3: so. Right. Human well, he doesn't. He tries to avoid CGI time. at all costs, right? Yeah.
4: yeah, and just like like films with like these really way out there ideas with Interstellar, with a wormhole appearing in our solar system, and mm-hmm. like the end of the like civilization collapsing, or with Inception, where people can go in dreams. So he he ta- he tackles these really interesting and kind of out there sci-fi ideas and with Tenet coming up the, with uh, time manipulation mm-hmm. um, and he, the way he tackles them he's, he he makes the stories feel very grounded and human and he makes them feel like they're like like that world is uh, you're, you're you're immersed in it I would say there's very little suspension of disbelief uh, that you have to do in order to immerse yourself in the stories he tells. Because the way he builds the world around this weird sci-fi idea still feels very grounded and realistic, uh, which I think uh, can be can be tough to find in sci-fi these days. Um, I definitely think that a lot of films do suspension of disbelief well, mm-hmm. but the way he does it is there's such a little suspension of disbelief you have to do, where like Inception, for example, the dream world and whatnot, it just makes sense that it's there and the way the characters uh approach it and deal with it and the way that it is involved with the rest of our world and everything else that is not that is non-fiction still feels normal and it feels right and it feels like it's in the right place and that's uh that's not something you see super often done to this level so i think that
2: a lot of respect for that Mm -hmm. i I feel like what you just said too it just goes underappreciated because like tackling those types of ideas or topics like those can be very daunting and like if you don't Tackle those properly. Like I feel like a lot of people can just ridicule you be like Oh, I can't believe that's what you think is gonna happen if you go through a wormhole, right? Or like that's what's gonna happen in the dream world like when people watch these films, it's like wow like that's That's a possibility like it makes you think sometimes and it's just Mm -hmm. it's the way he executes it. It's just astounding Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, definitely well said for myself, uh, it's similar to what Briggs said in the in a sense that I think the first one I saw, in fact, I know the first one I saw of his was Memento because we there was like a high school class that we watched it in. I can't remember like if it was like a psych class or like a, one of the film study classes. I'm not sure, something like that. I don't know why we'd watch it in high school. I don't think it's, when I think back, I can't I can't picture how that would be relevant to any sort of curriculum. Yeah. But obviously, I'm glad uh, we watched it. But at the time, I didn't really think about directors for movies. Like I just wasn't thinking that deeply about film. Um so I hadn't I I, I didn't like I watched Memento without really realizing it was a Christopher Nolan movie. And then kind of didn't really go back and realize that for a few years because after like I haven't really seen many of his movies. Like I still haven't seen Interstellar. I haven't seen the entirety of Prestige. I haven't seen Insomnia. Wow. So I still have a lot to like this retro is really exciting for me because I still have some movies to uncover. And then yeah. even like Batman, because I just haven't really, that's never been a character that I have really cared too deeply about. So I just didn't watch that trilogy until sometime during the podcast. So pretty much when we did those uh, those retros for his movies a couple of years ago, that was the first time I'd watched the trilogy. So that's still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So after Memento would have been Inception. And that one I remember a lot because... I went and saw that in theaters like five times like it's probably the movie i've seen the most in theaters which maybe isn't that many times for some people who are diehards for certain things but for me that's a lot. like uh so it, travis dark knight numbers yeah, exactly. but it, it, it's up there <laughs> yeah you gotta gotta pump those numbers up yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, I think i i just love that movie so much and i think that's always given me that everlasting respect from even if i haven't seen all of these movies i just think that's such an interesting I just l- love the idea of non-linearity and there's different ways you can do it, like Pulp Fiction yeah. of just splicing scenes into the different orders. But then there's also there's just this masterclass too, or I think what kind of what Kirkland said there, something like Memento, like if you wrote that on a piece of paper or talking to your friends, like, oh man, check out this cool idea I have for a movie. It's like on paper, it sounds really cool, but I feel like to execute that would be very, very difficult to make that yeah. as gripping as it is. But then when you watch it and it's just like keeps you in there for the whole thing is, is pretty exceptional. And then, yeah, like I said, Uh, I think the lack of CGI, obviously, he does use it sometimes, but very sparingly. Uh, And even like, I can't even really think of like, obviously, there's Inception, there's like a city folding onto itself, but it's used very sparingly. And those even those scenes feel very real. Right. And you feel like you can be part Mm -hmm, of them, which I think is, I mean, perfect for that movie because it's about feeling real in dreams, all that stuff. But I think that's I think that's something to. Think like especially in like 2020 to look at that as something that is just so often. Oh yeah, we'll just CGI that. It's cheaper. It's easier. That that you just go right through it. But I think it's special to to kind of have that vision, that like purest, uh, I guess, purest perspective on filmmaking that he has. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely a big fan, but I'm clearly not the biggest fan because I still haven't seen a few of his movies. So and you know we're talking about, we're talking about the following today or just following. There's no the at the start of it. I have not seen this movie before today. In fact, I never heard of it until about last week. So there you go. Um, but yeah, let's let's jump right into this. So here's a quick synopsis of following because I imagine that, I'm going to go ahead and say that probably the majority of people listening to this, the majority of our audience have not seen this movie. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think that's probably the case. So a young, this is a short synopsis, by the way, a young writer who follows strangers for material Meets a thief who takes him under his wing. Uh, that's the IMDb uh, synopsis. I think it's I think it's an hmm. okay synopsis. I considered Turn writing sweet. a different one myself, but then it's like I don't know. I don't know how you write these movies are complicated. They're difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the fault I keep one say the following just following. Uh, it's an interesting movie. It's short. Um, anyone have the runtime in front t- Hour of? ten minutes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, hour hour ten minutes. That's it with credits and short. everything. So about an hour long. Uh, it's all in black and white. And it's interesting to me because it's such a such a like foreshadow for what's to come, uh, even just with the movie. Totally, coming. yeah. <laughs> like, ton, like obviously, Memento is his second movie, but there's tons of Memento vibes in there. Even the fact that one of the characters' name is Cobb, which of course is Leo's name in Inception, I yeah. thought was kind of funny. A
4: lot of fun uh, things to find in that film, I found. Mm-hmm
3: yeah I think it's 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 really indicative of where he would go with his his future movies, but it is like nonlinear right and it's non nonlinear yeah. in a pulp fiction sort of way in that like the whole movie isn't really about the nonlinearity it's just like that's the way it makes the story captivating i guess where it like reveals yeah. certain things at certain moments and then you'll see something that really doesn't come up until later um and i think it's I think it's kind of interestingly done, but i uh, I'm guessing so this is the first time we've all seen this movie. Um, what did you guys think of it on a first watch and and is this something that you'd recommend like before we get too deep into spoilers what is this something you'd recommend to go back to if you haven't seen this before
1: that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no yes yeah, yeah
4: i think if if anyone says they like christopher nolan films even if just like in passing it's like oh he did the batman ones. he did interstellar i like him mm-hmm. uh definitely i would recommend this film um I think I'd probably recommend it to not everyone but most people. Yeah. It's a pretty think. easy watch. Yeah. Um yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's an easy watch. It's short and I think it's it's got good substance to it. It's worthwhile.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone that's a fan of Christopher Nolan cuz I like this being his first uh I think he did a couple like short films but like mm-hmm. this being his first full-length film even though it's only an hour and 10 minutes. I feel like you just get such a taste for like his style. Uh, oh, yeah. there's just a lot of similarities and uh, just just the non-linearity of it and uh, just the way that he bounces around in the scenes like it's very comparable to something like memento or something mm-hmm. like some of his other films you know that he, he jumps back and forth in time so it's just such a. It's it's so funny because like I was telling Dylan Offcast, like I looked up like the budget for this. This was six thousand yeah. dollars, and it's just insane. Like oh <laughs> one of goodness. the
3: cheapest movies. Yeah, one of the cheapest that.
2: movies ever made. And then if you compare that to The Room, The Room's budget was six million. <laughs> yeah, six million. Oh, and <laughs> it made eighteen hundred dollars. This oh, one that's was impressive. <laughs> this 6, one was six thousand dollars. Made two hundred and forty thousand. So like just just amazing to like be able to produce a film of this quality you know with that low of a budget like he's he's got an eye there's some more
3: cool facts that kind of go along with that when we get to the trivia section but um yeah i I thought i thought that was pretty mind-boggling when you told me that but then at the same time i was like oh yeah i guess it makes sense like there isn't really any big action set pieces there's very few actors in the movie Uh, every
4: scene is like every scene is taken quite like up close as well mm-hmm. and so like they could have done the whole thing on one like small set and they just oh, like totally, change yeah. rooms basically no for uh, sure because most of the scenes like there's a couple shots of the street but even then it's not like a far away shot like it's still it would have been very done to very easy to do in small spaces Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very no, easy sure. to construct the sets if they didn't just use people's homes basically. Well, they,
3: that's what they did. Um, I guess a spoiler for the trivia, but a lot of the, the sets are just like Chris Nolan's friends' houses. Like they would just go <laughs> <to laughs> I believe that's it hundred awesome. percent.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Which,
3: is, is, which is a pretty uh, fun fact but yeah I, I, think, I think it's definitely worth going back to um, I think outside of Christopher Nolan's discography not discography filmography uh, it's, still, it's still just like an interesting movie uh, just the concept of it I find really interesting uh, so even if you're not a big Chris Nolan fan, I think this is, and if you, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I want to take the ride with these guys and do the whole retro of his movies, I, I think this one's definitely worthy of a stop to check it out. One, I mean, it's short. I don't know how easy it is to find, uh, Kirkland, I'm guessing you just watched it on some sort of, uh.
2: Yeah, uh, some back alley some website back alley. I found. Yeah. yeah. Some guy gave me a URL <laughs> code and uh, I forget his name. Nitro <laughs> yeah. or Nitro or something.
3: Nitro Nitro, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's definitely worth um going back to. You. It, it is interesting. And so I feel like for, on our retros or reviews in general, we use for a while we're doing like we'd talk about the characters first, and then we'd move over to other stuff. We've kind of drifted away from that, but I actually want to go back to that for this because there's kind of really only three main actors in this movie and then a couple like essentially cameos but with all the actors in this movie like i haven't seen any of them before like i think they're all kind of small time actors or we're just kind of doing this on the side maybe even like friends of of nolan um outside of things so i don't know what do you guys think of some of these actors like starting with i guess bill who's the young man on the imdb i don't know why like they say bill it's interesting yeah
4: (laughs) but he's known as the young man yeah
3: I don't know. I guess because he kind of, he goes by like a pseudonyms for like some of the movies. So maybe that would be confusing. But uh, played by Jeremy Theobald, who I, I can't say I know uh, his career. Let me click on his IMDb page here. What does he got? Okay, he's in Batman Begins. I think he has like a cameo in that. Oh, um, okay. What's his, but, what's his character's name? But even looking that? at this, like he's been in uh, 10 movies in his whole career. So he, it's not like he even... Uh, Exploding it's a big time <laughs> fame, but what would you what do you guys think of of Bill and like the performance from this guy?
2: I was just reading here really quick that uh, in Batman Begins he was the younger Gotham waterboard technician. So uh, not not, not very <laughs> specific. <laughs> not the main not the main actor next to Christian Bale, but he was in there in his contract for
4: following. Did <laughs> he Joker? <laughs> uh, rather than rather than paying him a lot of money, they he promised he would be in another film. Yeah, when
3: I yeah. when I'm making Batman movies in ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, but for him in this film, I I thought he did all right. Um, I like my my favorite actor in this was the other guy Cobb. I felt yeah. like he's he was just I don't yeah, know, just a lot. I don't I don't know what you would say other than just more quality of an actor with this guy. Like I thought he was fine, but a lot of scenes when he was just like trying to sell that like confused like, I don't know, yeah. just I, like yeah. Okay, I think he was kind was of me?
4: written and sort of written in that way, but he he just felt, felt sort of, um, blank. Yeah. He felt flat for I me. He was, um, and I mean, I, I think it was kind of written in that way and that he felt very like, he didn't have a route. He wasn't sure what he was, where he was going. And I'd, like, as the title goes, he was just following people and just seeing where it takes him. Um, and then as he kind of started going deeper and deeper down the path it seemed like he didn't really give himself any agency he was just sort of moving along with things Mm -hmm. Um, whereas it it definitely felt like Cobb's character had a lot more agency in what he was doing and um, it felt more alive I guess. Um, Yeah
2: when those two were on screen together like it it very much felt like he like Uh, the young man Bill. He he was (laughs) he was good, just like kind of being on his hip, and then Cobb was like just the heavy hitter in the scenes, yeah. Very much carrying those. Yeah. So like when he was on the scenes, either with him, I'm just reading here. Her name's the blonde. I don't remember what her name was, but like when he was just between Bill and the blonde, I don't know. It it just. It kind of fell yeah. flat for me. His performance I, was there.
3: I agree. I, I think for the most part, he was he was fine. Like, yeah. No, not not bad or anything. But there was a couple emotional scenes that I, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this guy is uh, he's no Leonardo DiCaprio. But
4: I also particularly think it, compelling. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I think that actually a lot of that comes down to just the character itself, right? Because the start of this movie, you're like right in the shoes where there's like a police officer talking to him and, and they're like going through his story, and obviously as we said, it's nonlinear, So things come like a lot of facts come up in different ways, but still like from the beginning, you, you immediately know that he's following people to just, he's a writer. I guess you don't know the he's a writer right away, but you know, that he's following people just as like a way to get inspiration for writing characters, I guess, um, yeah. which is, it's, I think that's kind of a compelling, like, I, I guess, character hook, but I don't think that there's really much mystery there. Right, You kind of understand what's going on and then, as you see more things get a little bit more muddy but for the most part it makes kind it makes sense whereas Cobb, even from his first scene you can tell that he even just the way he's dressed the way he um like the chemistry he has like the the way he's just standing the way he presents himself yeah. there's already like this air of mystery to it and then the yeah. a couple minutes into the character and then like each each new scene with him it seems like he has more information to dole out that's Kind of peculiar, or something a little bit different to them that kind of makes you always interested. So I think part of it does come down um, to the character. And then, uh, yeah, I, 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 does she not have a name in the movie? I swear she has a name, but yeah, IMDb just says the blonde. Uh, but the the lady, the woman in this movie, uh, I think she's I think she's good. She doesn't she doesn't have nearly as much content as the other two, and already in like a short movie. Um, but I think that she was uh, I think she was pretty solid. She sold some of the emotional moments and some of the twists and whatnot pretty well
2: yeah I um I, I thought she was fine she, not, not not too stand out uh again it was just the Cobb character that really carried it for me and mm-hmm. like I don't know I, I felt like she wasn't in it too too much as well like like the thing that I liked most about this this film wasn't so much the characters itself it was just the way that um the way that uh, i don't know you like the way you'd follow these characters into these certain situations not so much like the characters performances if that makes yeah. any sense yeah for sure. uh so like the main character like her and him just kind of fell flat whereas the only one that really stood out to me was Cobb which was the one that I like remembered the most about him and in the specific scenes whether he was just acting really well or just his his gravitas that he carried yeah. in the scenes just his look the way that he would just talk and everything he was just sly he he would it fool me as a silver tongue devil <laughs>
3: well even even by the time the movie ends right like he just kind of vanishes off yeah. at this point we're kind of in spoiler territory if you I haven't been able to tell but uh, at this point like yeah he kind of just fades off and he still has some air of mystery to him but most of it's kind of wrapped up but there is still like this continuation whereas for the other two characters like one of them has a very finite end, the other one has like a pretty definite end so i think that maybe pulls into it too or there's still like some air of mystery but to dive yeah. into him some more um Cobb played by alex ha who I also can't say I'm familiar with this is the only
4: thing he was ever in. He is now an architect in New York.
3: Wow. <laughs> wow. That really is crazy. a fun fact. That is
2: a fun yeah. fact. Yeah, doesn't wow. have a
3: picture on his IMDB page. He's been in one movie. Wow. That's, that's wild. That's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't he think he was I've really ever good seen... in this film, too. I've, I've never seen he... yeah, an IMDB that has one well credit done. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> that's wild. Wow, I, that's just bewildering. But um, I, I think that's such an interesting character. Let's just dive like a little bit into his his psyche. So he's yeah obviously, as I gave away in the um uh, I guess in the synopsis, he's like a thief going into these houses. So a little bit different than the young man who's like stalking people, essentially or following, as he says, which yeah. sounds a little bit better than stalking. Um, yeah. But yeah, Cobb is breaking into houses, not even to steal stuff necessarily, but more just to mess with people he's kind of like an elaborate troll really he just kind of goes yeah. through their stuff and yeah. then throws their stuff on the ground and and I, what what's his saying that he says it's like it's not about what you uh what, take I, what
4: you uh, take fuck, what I they forget. have to show them what they had yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you got there it, you Briggs. go come yeah.
3: on come
2: on Briggs. yeah
4: one thing i do want to bring up with that though is how much of that is what he actually does as a thief Mm -hmm. or working for the uh the bald guy or and how much of it was just a ruse to yeah bring uh bill under his wing right
3: yeah well i get well because i think it i I do put some weight into it because isn't the idea that the reason he starts to bring the young man... Fuck that. The reason he starts to bring Bill in <laughs> uh, is because he's trying to rep- get someone to replicate his actions so that someone else... Oh, can no, you're right. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I think the idea... Maybe it's not, like, fully... Because he,
4: right? he broke into yeah. a place and he found a dead person. Yeah, and Nick, maybe he assume. started
3: doing that, like, afterwards. Maybe, like, maybe when he started doing that when he was working with Bill as, like, the way to build this thing. But I think the idea, right, is that he's trying to make... Essentially, like a carbon copy of himself, uh, that he can peg uh, the the crime on for murder, yeah. Yeah. murdering the girl.
2: Yeah, and like uh, again, it's just ha- like half chance that he would find like the perfect person to to take over his. Uh, I don't know, just witness witness, I guess, because it, like it's not revealed till later on that yeah. this guy is the perfect candidate because he is a loner. No one would like mm-hmm. no one can give him an alibi, right? Yeah, I found it really interesting actually because they like they just kind of say that he found this old lady and like we're just kind of left to assume that like we really don't know if it was actually him that killed him oh yeah sorry like killed the old lady and the only reason why i was thinking of that is because at the end like um i I think it's when bill is kind of realizing that he's just getting like completely screwed over here like when he's talking to the cop and Mm -hmm. is all this evidence going at like to him and then it's actually Cobb that like murders the blonde chick right so yeah. it's like, well, if he did it there, he easily could have been the person that actually murdered that old lady. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of, I, I, I but, like. I but like then there's also,
4: sorry, um, I was just gonna, but there's also at the very end when the cop says there's no investigations on an old lady.
2: Oh, really? Or so it's just even a real. Possibly. Yeah. See, I was just going to say, like, I love when films leave certain things open-ended because yep. it, yeah. it like, when did this film come out? 1998? And- yeah. 2020 we're still We're still. i mean i haven't looked too deep into like all the conspiracy theories online yeah. on what happened but i love when films have open-ended questions because yeah you know it makes you talk about it well that, that's why later.
3: Cobb is so interesting right because he, he is dynamic in the sense that we really we really can't say like so certainly what his past is mm-hmm. and yeah like is there anything more to him getting bill is that is that kind of just like a lucky thing that he happens across this guy or is he like actively looking for someone that he thinks he could peg it on, because it, it, it even seems like kind of quick that he's goes from meeting Bill to to bringing roping Bill into this plan that he's gonna have him do these burglaries with him. Like obviously, you have to put some level of trust into someone to open up that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe he's been on to him for longer than uh, Bill had been following Cobb. Is yeah, you know, I I, like. I
2: think that was the case because when. Uh... The blonde, forget her name, is speaking to Bill. And like I think that's at the point when she's kind of revealing that Cobb was like working with her and like screwing mm-hmm. over the other guys. She's kind of explaining like he like he knew that you were following him. So then he started following you. So I assumed that had happened before they had their little meetup at, at like at the diner, you know? Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if that's for sure, like what happened, but that's well. That's I mean, because then
3: thinking. there's an even layer on that where Cobb was also lying to her about the whole
2: thing, too, right? right yeah, <laughs> and like he's a, a super con man, <laughs>
3: dude. He would win every game of Avalon, around, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
2: He's, uh,
0: he's, he's, never uh, take that guy on your mission, <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's
3: mafia every time, <laughs> yeah.
4: I my thought is the real question comes down to whether Cobb was actually working for the bald guy or not or Ooh. if this was all an elaborate ruse to get the money
2: out of the guy's oh safe. right yeah
3: so is is it to be believed that like he would have got the money to give it to the like i guess give it to the gangster guy the old the old man is that what you're that's like what the movie's trying to portray and you're saying that maybe that's not the case
4: well because at the end um because he just vanishes at the
3: end. Yeah, which is yeah. what
4: makes... And and the fact that if all he really needed to do was... Because at the end, he says that it's the bald guy who is the reason he kills uh, the blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he said he could just take the, the safe money. Um, but why would he need... Why 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 would he need to go through all that ruse just to go and kill the blonde? Or I guess he needed the the alibi for killing...
3: Well, he woman. yeah, he wanted to frame Bill and yeah, Bill. Yeah, it's not that Bill for, okay. was like uh some a shark in the water too. Like he was just some innocent dude who uh really I guess cause, I guess Bill's the one to get because he doesn't have any like family, or at least that we used to he doesn't really have any yeah. family or friends. Yeah. So kind of just a loner. So it makes sense that you can peg it on him, like even when you see his apartment mm-hmm. a couple of times and it's just like a mess, right? And it doesn't yeah. look like he's uh too social. Yeah. So he kinda seems like the perfect guy to pin it on because obviously a weird guy like that is yeah i think
4: i i I did answer my own question in that um (laughs) way to cope because yeah they at the end of course they do pin it on bill so he had to go through that whole conspiracy to find someone to pin the murder of the blonde on
3: Mm -hmm. um which is really i I, like and that's for the most part like i feel like we just kind of covered most of the plot but i think it's so interesting how that is such a simple story like obviously there's a couple twists in it but it's really is kind of that simple and it's kind of expert for nolan to look at this and say how can i make this more interesting and have more suspense yeah and breaking up the story moving shuffling like the pieces around in the order that you see it in i think is huge for making like this what is a short story essentially like a shorter movie uh, like a yeah. lot more captivating so
4: yeah I think I think it really goes to show like how great Christopher Nolan is and how well he uses cinema as a medium mm-hmm. uh, for storytelling and he takes full advantage of the visual medium to sort of mix up the the um, the, the linearity of the the film basically mm-hmm. uh, because on, on its own just the story itself is it's fairly simple and it you would definitely i don't know it 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 feels like it wouldn't be nearly as exciting uh to go along with it whereas he takes a simple concept and all of a sudden he makes it intriguing and exciting with the presentation of the characters and the presentation of uh the story and the the order in which that we kind of mm-hmm. uncover the facts and realize what's going on
3: yeah yeah, I totally agree. And I even think that uh, we kind of glossed over Bill a little bit, but I think his he does actually have a pretty compelling hook, uh, even if the actor isn't maybe the best. But I think it's interesting to have like this kind of loner character who's an aspiring writer um, follow people for, I guess, ideas for characters, and then it kind of spirals out into something else. And I actually think it is interesting how like it feels, feels very fitting for that character who's kind of like this innocent guy. To be the one to go like turn himself in essentially and share this stuff with the police yeah. uh which obviously he thinks is going to get out of it all which doesn't end up being the case but i think that is a pretty uh interesting character and even even when Cobb and him go to his place and Cobb's just like kind of shit talking uh
4: yeah well you don't realize it's his place at that point it's not revealed right
3: the viewer doesn't yeah yeah um, but it's then, still kind
4: of like you can kind of, you kind of get the idea that oh this might be his place
3: yeah, well, because I realize I've...
4: he's lying about the job, and you see like the writer, and then Cobb literally describes him. As yeah, He's like, just like some unemployed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: The guy with yeah. the messy hair and all that. I, because I, I feel like the, the aspect of him being a writer isn't really touched on much. Like, I, I can't even remember at the start of the movie when he's talking to the cop and he's explaining that he's following people, he probably mentions in there that he's he is a writer and that's why he was doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like but I feel like after yeah. that point, it isn't really mentioned. So that's like the very first scene. And I have to say as well that I had to turn subtitles on because I couldn't understand some stuff. And so I, I might have missed like that initial detail that he was a writer. I might have missed that at the very, very start of the movie. Uh, I don't know if that threw me off or anything. But yeah, it's not really touched on throughout the rest of the movie because it kind of just goes off and he's following Cobb. Uh, so yeah, I think that was a, like a, that was a good scene. It has like some suspense to it, even if it, for me, didn't click until a bit later. That yeah. was actually where it was. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then as for the like the blonde, like there isn't really much to her character. You essentially just get enough backstory to understand why she I guess like abandoned or I don't know how you describe it, like turn like is uh, opposed to the gangster guy, the old man. Like yeah. obviously you just get that scene where uh he gets like his thugs to kill that guy in her home. And that's kind of all you need, like, for her character. And then she's like, I feel like is you sympathize with her enough or or, with you sympathize with Bill like having this human connection, and it's like this interesting tension, because obviously, like how do you get how from Bill's perspective do you get out of this looking clean right like it's just such yeah. a sketchy situation um anything to touch on with her character? I feel like there's not really much to say,
2: yeah, no not so much, like I said before, like she wasn't that memorable for me, uh I don't know, it just it's a classic example of just like that that mysterious lady that is protected by the dangerous crime boss and like yeah. i don't know i just felt like i had seen that type of character like many times before uh it was it was it got interesting for me like how uh like the dynamic dynamic between Cobb bill and herself like that's what made that character a little bit more interesting for me but as for like her being this little i don't know just this this female that is sort of in this weird relationship with this crime boss, and then here comes, you mm-hmm. know, Bill to sweep her off her feet and like rescue her out of that situation. I just feel like I had seen that situation so many times before, so it wasn't anything new. Uh, yeah, so, yeah.
3: and I, I feel like her story just because, because she gets undermined by Cobb and, and possibly the gangster, it almost makes her story like a little bit less important. Like, she isn't really a crucial part of the story, right? It's no. essentially a two man play. Um, and she's just kind of, I don't know, more of like a plot device than. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I feel like they used her to introduce like the crime lord's safe, mm-hmm. you know, as like that prime target as the at, for the end of the film because, essentially, like that prize that's in the safe is what Cobb uses to get out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm assuming he uses that money to escape yeah. and vanish. So. And- I think yeah. if
3: this movie were longer, if, let's say this movie is an hour and a half, I think you would want to allocate a lot of that time to making her character more interesting and making making it like an actual triangle, because um, I think that could be like an interesting dynamic to play on. Though it's not really necessary for like what the actual story is here, which is, as we kind of said, a, kind of a simple story. When you, when you do like, uh, we kind of broke it all down at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, pretty much. <laughs> is there other plot things uh, to to bring up from you guys? Uh... Um, not so much.
4: Not really. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one thing is um, that they ah, when he, after he breaks into the safe and the guy comes and he hits him with a hammer that's presumably a cop
2: I think. Oh,
4: You, you oh, initially just assume it's a gangster going to check on him mm. but it's uh, implied that it was a cop there. I think really the, okay the investigator that was my understanding at least or like Cobb called the cops on him
2: hmm. I don't I, know. I, must have, I, I might have missed that yeah. I think
4: in the conversation at the end um, because the, the policeman obviously knows about the person who got hit in the hammer because he asked him about him and hmm. you you think how would the cop know about that person well because the cop sent that person to go pick him up or something
2: hmm. I don't know Possibly, yeah. I, I I just took it as like a security guard for yeah for the I don't even know what that facility is. Just a bar, I guess. Um, yeah, just, just a bar. Yeah, just just a regular bar.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a couple. Of, I we mentioned that there's like a lot of, not really foreshadow, but kind of things that are cool to look back on seeing some of the other movies. I think the idea of Cobb, obviously Cobb is the name of character Inception, but I think that character also represents a lot of what Inception is about in terms of putting ideas in people's heads and then like trying to twist it. Uh, Yeah. So I I thought that was kind of an interesting detail. Um, Obviously, Memento has a lot of black and white scenes as well. This whole movie is in black and white and it's kind of told in a weird order. And then as well, uh, one of the apartments that they break into has the bat uh, symbol on it. Which uh, I thought was—that's the young man's apartment. Is that the young man's apartment? Yeah, that's Bill's apartment.
4: Also, the in Bill's apartment, um, there's a bunch of film paraphernalia as well. They have like Mm -hmm. a Shining photo strip. They have a poster of Reservoir Dogs. Right. Um, right. I think there's a couple other things as well, but definitely yeah. In in trivia, it said there was a few.
3: But yeah, Yeah,
4: it was was kind of neat to notice that.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's pretty cool that. because even in where Memento's coming up, like I feel like he was really really wanting to do this Batman stuff. I think he's been a Batman fan for a while, I'm guessing. Um, obviously, he did a whole trilogy, so clearly he's a fan somewhat. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, here's another random detail that I thought was kind of interesting. At, w- at one point, Bill orders a, a toasted cheese sandwich. and Oh, yeah? what yeah. is this just a grilled cheese? Is this just like the British uh, name for a grilled cheese? Because it looked pretty much the same. It didn't seem like it has much cheese on it. Because at first, I was like, well, why you would really, you want a sandwich like that just shot has of it cheese? And he just, there was, like, yeah. one
4: shot of it, and he just picks, like, a piece of bread
3: off of it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it's, it seems, like, pretty dry, which yeah, I don't think would uh, be for me. But it, that's essentially a grilled cheese, right? Just a different There's like Yeah,
4: probably. I, I yeah, assume I'd, so, I'd say at least. So. There's a weird name for it, too. It wasn't just toasted cheese. It was, like, tasty toasted cheese or something. Oh, really?
3: I thought it was just toasted cheese sandwich. Yeah. But, um... Anyways.
4: Also, um, I like how the money they use in the film. Is not like any actual money, and it's not like meant to look like any money. Like the bills are just like this weird design that doesn't actually exist. Oh yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of neat.
3: I I didn't notice that actually. I, I just
2: assumed they were like the the British euro, whatever pounds. Whatever
3: yeah, pounds. I I mean I I they could have been could have been pounds,
4: but it looked like, it just, like some weird face on it
3: well i mean if the budget was six thousand you know like, uh, <laughs> yeah the scandia printing, money equivalent. i don't know if he's gonna print fake <laughs> yeah. money and i don't know if it, he has the they're money pretty much s- just looked like <laughs> scandia money yeah <laughs> well because i mean there is a lot of money going onto to bill's body mm-hmm. at one point yeah like, a lot of it
4: so a whole lot mm-hmm. a copious amounts
3: um i have a trivia here do you guys have any other uh, notes to talk about no not really no uh
2: i f- I, f- I found all of the fight scenes like hilariously low budget and just like yeah. oh yeah just so mean, you can't like, afford a choreographer yeah <laughs> there's like like the biggest fight scene i feel was between Cobb and bill on the rooftop and they're just like yeah. rolling around we had some camera shakes in there and <sighs> i was i couldn't help but chuckle and course i can't fault them there's six thousand dollar budget and the, like the rest of the was i actually 100%. really enjoyed but mm-hmm. I, I, it stood out especially when like i don't know you just see what the budgets for these films are nowadays and how how badass the, the fight choreography is it definitely oh yeah definitely. when see something like that
3: yeah it's pretty simplified um all right, Kirkland, you have nothing as well? We can get into some trivia here? Yeah, no, nothing. yeah let's do it. There, there is not much, uh, much like the budget for this movie. There is, uh, you know, very few amount of things to talk about here. I do yeah. think the most interesting one is just that budget, man. That is crazy to me still. Like a few hours yeah, left wow. after learning that fact, oh it still just kind of boggles my mind a bit, even though it totally makes sense for what the movie is. Uh, but here's a fun one. So Christopher Nolan came up with this, uh, with the idea for the film because he had his home broken into and wondered what the people thought as they went uh, looking around through his belongings. Hmm. which i think is really compelling because i was thinking about that when when it was happening in the movie uh, and he's like when Cobb first goes through that like little box that has the keepsake stuff i was like man i have one of those like just like christmas cards and whatever random stuff yeah i I feel like that'd be very violating if someone were to find that or like Mm -hmm. find a journal or something like that would be kind of terrifying to me in a way you know
2: Yeah. yeah yeah it's
4: uh it it makes you think about like it it tackles these weird ideas of like how we have these things that we lock up and just the idea that we secretly want them to be viewed mm-hmm. but the fact that i don't that's how everyone feels like how dylan you say if someone went through that stuff you'd feel Whew. violated whereas there are other people <laughs> who probably agree where it's like yeah i do i kind of do want to share this stuff with other people but yeah, I mean, yeah. if they can't for whatever reason um yeah, he has a really good way of like giving you these ideas in it through his films in a very indirect way.
2: Yeah, I found it interesting. I think it was what Cobb said when like uh like when they're going through the insurance process to replace these objects like how many people are going to be like why did I even buy that and why did I need that in the first place, right, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. it just some interesting little ideas that he brought up in in the, spe- in the individual scenes.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's just like a, you know, total nod to nolan there like the fact that he could turn such just like a small well i don't know maybe it was a small maybe it was a large life event for him into an entire plot for a movie that's like really captivating uh and kind of like obviously this was like nolan kind of before nolan like before people knew that name because i feel like even with memento he had he had this like level of respect for him where people like were paying attention to the movies he was making it was like even, even Prestige is like a movie that is talked about all the time. It's like one of the all-time great movies, mm-hmm. and that's like I think is I guess fourth movie after Insomnia. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I wonder, I, I'm curious how much more of these things. Like, it'd be curious to, for me to hear like what the, I guess the idea for like Inception was. Like, there was an original little thing in his life that happened that brought like this whole uh, world of like ideas forward that yeah. he kind of makes a story around. got
4: a weird dream
3: possible i mean i think we've all yeah, i mean i've this. definitely
4: before inception was a thing i had a dream where i woke up i i, I was two layers deep in dreaming mm-hmm. where i was in my dream and i woke up and i didn't realize i was in another dream until i yeah. woke up again
2: jesus yeah i i think i've had <laughs> one or
3: two of those and maybe maybe it's just like in my head because i yeah. think i probably had those after inception so maybe i just wanted it to happen or something <laughs> yeah. what do you I, mean? like i
4: wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him that <laughs> yeah. like it's that's just something that happened to him he was like that's a movie
3: yeah well i think even even like la- last night there was like I, I distinctly remember like a loud thunderstorm like a loud loud i guess thunder uh, yeah. I don't know if that actually happened. Like, I don't. I don't think it did. I think I just had a dream where I woke up in my room <laughs> and heard that, and then went back to sleep. Yeah, that happened. Uh, I forgot to. I was going to ask my roommates if that actually occurred because I kind of forget. But um, yeah, I don't know. Even just something like that, like, could spur an idea for what would become Inception, right? Of like, yeah, what is reality and whatnot. Okay, here's a couple more. Um, the whole film is shot uh, almost entirely handheld. In one single camera, which I think is kind of uh, what Briggs was saying, just like these close-ups. Like it's just kind of very simple, as Kirkland said. Yeah. Like the choreography, like a lot of it is very simple. And then this one, I also find incredibly interesting. So, principal photography of this film took over one year because all cast and crew had other full-time jobs, such as Cobb apparently, an architect. Um, they were only yeah. able to film on Saturdays. About fifteen minutes of footage <laughs> until photography had been completed. So wow. It took a year. They filmed is... fifteen minutes a week. <laughs> That is crazy.
4: That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Honestly, the fact that it only took a year still? Yeah.
3: Yeah, only I mean, now, it's, it's like, like 69 impressive. minutes. It's short, there's not too many sets, but like that to me I feel like uh, I don't know, just like the determination it would take to actually see that movie to completion or to not get lost, <laughs> yeah, not just like in 3 months down the line be like, okay, I want to rework this thing and it's like, yeah. oh, well, I can't really film yeah. that shot anymore cuz I don't have that house anymore. Uh, yeah you're like an that, architect that's
2: it's like oh man what yeah. are you doing this weekend oh i gotta go film this i gotta go star mm. in this you know this movie yeah imagine Saturday. if you put that restriction minutes. on
3: <laughs> imagine if you put that restriction on anything if you put that restriction on a tarantino <laughs> movie it would take him like 40 years to put yeah. a movie together <laughs> like, that is yeah that is insane i mean his, some of his shots are more than 15 minutes so there you go but um yeah no i thought that was kind of crazy and that's pretty much it. There was really not too much uh, trivia. There's no fun, like other casting rumors because I think all these guys are either just Nolan knew them, Cobb, I guess he's <laughs> apparently just his architect friend who hopped yeah. on for the project. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. And, like, I feel like one thing that's kind of interesting with Nolan, too, is that he's had a lot of like same actors appear in a lot of his stuff, which is fun to talk about. But that doesn't really happen for the first few movies of his, right? It's only kind of when the Dark Knight trilogy hits where, he, like, these people. They cast in certain roles come back for later movies and stuff but right there isn't yeah. really any of those fun facts so i think that pretty much does it is there anything else uh you guys want to say uh, do you guys want to give a rating on this um on this movie Up to uh, you. Well, of course yeah, sure. with the retros we always do like a ranking um obviously this is the first movie right now this is ranked number one on all of our lists we'll see what happens um next episode but yeah what do you yeah, got yeah
2: i think i'll give it honestly i think i'll give it a seven out of ten um i thought it was overall just a really solid movie uh i think like this length of movie i i really be- believe that there's a place in like the modern day to have like one hour movies that don't have a 500 million dollar budget like you know like almost like an indie yeah. game like mm-hmm. like i'm I, i'm sure they're out there and like it's it's hard to get them on the big screen in the mainstream yeah. that's why i'm not hearing about them right and i mean maybe i'm just not doing my due diligence to to go looking for them but like a film like this again i probably would never watch this if it wasn't under christopher nolan but mm-hmm. i think it's just it's really well paced out for an hour and nine minutes i I think everything in it it didn't really seem too rushed uh every, like i was pretty satisfied with the andy and just the rev like the the big revelation at the end that this guy was just playing you from the get-go uh it, it's i i love those and, I I actually watched Memento before I watched this film and I found them very similar in the fact that like when the movie started, I was kind of, I don't know, like half in, half out of it, just not really fully into it. But like as the film progressed and like more things were just like more questions were being, uh, let let me rephrase that, more questions were being revealed more often than they were being answered. (laughs) It was just like like wanting me... I just wanted more and more as the film like oh, went yeah. out, and that was the same same feeling with this film. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, there's just some cheesy things in it that I don't want to give it too high of a rating because this is the Nolan retro. There is mm-hmm. going to be some films out there that are you know masterpieces, and I don't want to I don't want to disrespect well, we'll those. Claim <laughs> your
3: masterpiece? You're throwing out the M word.
2: Oh yeah, it's Nolan, man. It's my boy. Wow. Great.
3: Wanna throw a rating on this on this uh, bad boy? You don't have to, of course. I don't know if I want I to. I like throw your rating ratings because you have like faltering and like triumphant seven and all this kind of thing.
4: I haven't done that in a while, I don't think.
3: Well you haven't done a cast since uh, you're kind of just getting back into it.
4: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um I mean I think I gave a zero to Colorado's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a zero, <laughs>
3: clean zero.
4: Jeez, um, yeah, no, it, this isn't a tough one, but I, I think probably a seven is. is I, I want to give it like seven comes to mind initially, mm-hmm. but I also think that all of Nolan's movies, other movies I've seen, are better than this, which means all of them are an eight or above. And I'm just trying to think if that makes sense or not.
3: Yeah, that's where it's tricky, right? Because all ratings kind of change perspective-wise. Yeah, you know, maybe I the first part of that movie would have to... to be a ten. Maybe you see a movie that's better, and it's like, well, is that movie no longer a ten? Like, I don't know what to do with mm-hmm. my one.
4: I think they're still. Mm. Yeah, you know, what? I'll give it a seven. I do think all think of his other movies I've seen are higher than a seven, mm-hmm. okay. and I think a seven feels right
3: i think that's fair i, I respect that i'm not gonna throw a number on this because i don't really do that but um there you go there, there you have it there's following retrospective i keep on saying it just sounds better to have the following <laughs> there's know? like an ethan hawk or something <laughs> that
2: is the following
4: dylan <laughs> when i asked you um when i told you i couldn't find it on plex it's because they yeah. searched up the following <laughs> there you go and i was like wait a minute what if i just write following
3: yeah it just rolls and off the, uh, immediately after Rolls off the tongue a bit better, but yeah, yeah that's going to do it for today. Um, what's their show? So, you can go over to Patreon if you want us to, you know, we're still doing that. If you want to request a movie for us to retro, like many of you already have, or a game, if you want to do that, you can go over to Patreon and throw that in there. That's the main yeah. way to support us. Um, the most important thing is next Saturday, June. What's the date there, Kirkland? You got it, June 13th, 13th. boom, June 13th. Join us on the 24 hour stream, raising money for Black Lives Matter. That's going to be. Hopefully it should be a fun day full of uh full of a lot of good donations. Yeah. I personally know I'm gonna go throw a donation down, so hopefully you guys all join me on that as well. Um there's so much stuff happening right now. You know, obviously tenant is kind of why we're doing this uh retrospective, building up to that. That's supposed to come out like July 17th. Who knows if that actually happens, but uh the I guess before like that's not too far away, right? So these retros are gonna be coming out pretty quick. Uh, if you want to check those out, you know, we're recording it um memento directly after this so we're already on it uh but it's going to be fun other things to check on the feed obviously the geek ultimate alliance is up now if you don't know what that is that is we have a second feed now on your podcast services which is uh has some of us on there but some other new voices as well with all sorts of stuff like dc marvel uh star wars just other film reviews and things like that so go check that out if obviously if you're interested in our kind of content that's the place to be as well Um, last week I released the third episode Out of Mana, which was a fun deep dive on the Elder Scrolls, the next episode uh, episode 4 is possibly featuring someone in this very call with me Uh, wink wink, nudge nudge Uh, I don't really know what else is releasing in the week that this cast is going up so that's about it for today but yeah, check out the social medias, follow us wherever you want to follow and uh, we'll see you for Memento you guys have a sign, we always have like a special sign off for these retros that are kind of related to the thing. Like, as Vita Zane is what we did for uh, Tarantino. I can't think of a Nolan Um, one off the top of my head. I I, I was thinking about this earlier, but...
2: (laughs) need to get, like, a quote from... uh, Yeah,
3: I can't think of, like, some very definitive goodbye uh, line in any of his movies. So maybe we'll throw that in the next episode. But for today, that's all. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Later.
0: Goodbye.